Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast, hosted by your boy right here, Anthony Spaden. On today's episode, I am joined by Celeste Bonin, one of the best conversations I've had. We dive into a lot of what's created change in her life, moving to Ohio, creating presence, and more. Um, I'll let you guys just tune in and listen in because it was a great, great conversation about alignment too as well. As you guys know, the podcast is brought to you by Morphogen Nutrition. You guys can use code SPADA for 10% off. I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just get to this episode, man. Let's get to this episode. So let's welcome on Celeste Bonin. I get to finally meet you in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, um, Everything over the next like six weeks or so, because you know we're up here already. It feels like we moved already because we have been, you know, Grant has really done so much of it, but orchestrating how everything is going to happen and just the harmony of it and all the logistics and stuff. And so we packed up the house, you know, before we even came up here and to bring our dogs too. So it feels like even though our stuff isn't here, we've already, you know, it kind of feels like we already, you know, made made the move, but. um we're doing that at the end of October after we go through this like month long, um, like kind of travel tour with this company that we're working with. So it's a lot, but I'm so excited. It's this entirely new chapter of our lives. So I'm just like, so what triggered, holding so on. what triggered a, what triggered a move from Texas to all the way you're, you're literally gone from one season basically to all four seasons. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so I'm, I was, you know, I was born and raised in Houston and, um, okay. And then I lived in Florida for 10 years. And then that was around the time that Grant and I met. He moved to Florida with me for the first eight months we're together. And we moved to Texas together. Um, and so a lot of it was like, I had really wanted to move back for a long time. Um, I had like gotten married and all this stuff, uh, my first marriage and stuff and a divorce and all these things in Florida. And I was like, oh, I really want to go home. I was missing home a lot. And um, there's just like so many circumstances that it was very difficult to do so. And so he, you know, we made the move together. And uh, it, the last couple of years was really me really making amends with a lot of things and a lot of parts of my family and losing my dad. And, you know, my mom has a de degenerative cognitive disease. So just like a lot of baggage, I felt like, or just kind of things that I needed to go home and, you know, not just like take care of, but, um, you know, reconnect with and, and stuff like that. So, and then we, we have been building our business together uh, you know, for the past few years. And then we got this really cool opportunity to work with Therisage, um, this, you know, amazing biohacking health and wellness company. And they're essentially like our family now, which is really cool. And so they are old. The people that own the company are older and they can't really do all this touring and traveling and stuff much for much longer. And, you know, they yeah. had to have their first grandchild and stuff. And so, they um, essentially kind of like adopted Grant and I in a way, and they really, um, I think they see a lot of themselves in us. And so they're bringing us along on this like big journey with them. And we, neither of us could really in our hearts commit to it if we um, didn't have uh, like family support, which we don't really have um, in terms of my family back home for a lot of reasons. Um, so we're up here because his family's here. And also we, we have two senior dogs. And so we, Last time we left them, um, the older one, he's 15, he had a seizure, like, a, you know, he's been having those. And so we were just like, we want to do this stuff so bad, but we can't if we don't have like a 
place for the dogs to be and, you know, know that they're cared for and stuff. And especially in their advanced age. So it was kind of like a lot of things, but we were also just really ready for a change. And, um, it's certainly a change, but both of us are excited, very, very excited to be here. And I know he hasn't lived, you know, back home in so long and hasn't really had that opportunity as an adult to come back here and really connect with his family in a different way. And I love his family is amazing. So it's like, you know, all these things kind of woven together. Um, and it was a big decision, but we're, we were both like, yes, like, let's just do it. So yeah, it's cool. Isn't it funny how like evolution of ourselves, like really changes our experience over how we see things like, oh, yeah. and, like, and how we're able to go back to somewhere where there may have been like trauma or something. And you're kind of filled with excitement rather than like anxiety. Cause I know you were talking about yeah. that today on your story. I know you mentioned it. Like people feel like things like fear and anxiety and it's like, they should dive more into that. Right. And like, anxiety kind of mixes with excitement but people just can't yeah. like recognize the change or recognize the difference between the two because they share very much like the same feeling yeah absolutely i think that it, like um any kind of intensity of emotions in general is just scary and feels hard to manage especially if uh you're not like super tapped into your emotions or you're afraid to express them or whatever it is and um I know for a long, like a, a very large part of my life, um, kind of just around into my early thirties, I was running from a lot of things and that wasn't like a conscious thought, like I'm going to run from all yeah. these problems or, you know, these things. Um, but that's definitely what I was doing for a long time. And so when I moving back to Texas was kind of like the, you know, I had, there were so many parts of me that wanted to come back. And then there was, you know, the things that, you know, felt undone, like I was saying before, but, um, it was just like kind of this redemption, you know, making amends of so many different things. And it wasn't even really my intention, but I think like in my heart it was, I just didn't know how to recognize that until it was all kind of unfolding and taking place. And, um, I know, you know, Grant and I have had a lot of discussions about, you know, what this move is for us and just personally and together. And I, and I know for him, you know, he's like been really open about like, you know, it feels kind of weird being back in this like little town I grew up in and he's like, it also feels really amazing. Cause I, you know, all these reasons and you know, this town is so small, but it's like, to me, it's, it's like a little, a piece of heaven, you know, it's so gorgeous and it's just, it's so green. And I know it's not green all year round. Like, you know, it's, it gets really <laughs> cold here, but, um, but it's just, it's so different. And it's just like the air is more fresh and it's just, you know, it's just something so different that, it's like a level of peace that I don't think I know for sure I could not have appreciated or like been really excited about until this part of my life. And same for him, you know, it's just kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I want to live in a small town or I don't, you know, but it's like you go out and you do all these things and you live your life and all these other ways. And you figure out that all these ideas that you had about what would bring you happiness or success or peace don't necessarily give you the full spectrum of that. And there's like always something missing. And so I, I felt like, for the past couple of months now, I've been really stepping to this era where I will truly allow myself to have peace. And this, um, where we're going to be living really reflects that, you know, it's just, there's so much peace here and it's just really hard to describe. And it's very intangible. It's not in any specific thing. It's just everything, you know, this is really funny because, so I moved to Ohio in May. Um, and 
I'm like right on the lake too. Like I'm like up here right by the lake. I felt the exact same thing. I'm like, cause I'm so used, I'm, I'm from like Philadelphia area and we would always go down to like, we would always go down to the shore. And so when we would go down to the beach, you would feel like that fresh air. You feel that different environment. You would feel like it would be just like a relief and you would literally be like, Hmm, is this is kind of peaceful. Right. Um, and so like, I feel the exact same way that you're feeling right now. Like literally to the T. It's just gonna get better. It's just gonna get better once you kind of get through it. Um, but it's really funny because I think a lot of people don't know what peace actually is, right? Because at least for you and I, it seems like, and a lot of people in their own way, every single person does, goes through some sort of trauma, right? And they go through some sort of trauma that kind of triggers it, whether it's like a fear or triggers like that am i actually allowed to have peace right because i've been in a state where like everything always came like crashing down no matter what and then to change it around and you now get peace it's very an unknown feeling right so i think a lot of people struggle with giving themselves permission and i still do this is something i'm actually working through with one of my friends right now is allowing my body and allowing my mind to be at peace with how far I've come and how and like where I am now and how I got here and like giving myself a peace of mind when it comes down to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think in so many ways it's, I I feel that I I think in so many ways it's like, um, it almost feels like an absence of something, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that feels uncomfortable if, if you're not attuned and like you're saying like your body just like all the parts of you if you're not attuned to be able to appreciate and like vibrate in less chaos or just less noise it just it feels like there's something missing in it and i and i i feel that even you know coming into this era of like really desiring more peace and feeling very very ready for that even like coming here and just adjusting after the road trip and then just, you know, getting our bearings and stuff. I have been able to acknowledge like these small pockets of what does feel like a void. And I think the initial uh, reaction to that is like, Oh, that's, there's something wrong or there's something missing or I'm, you know, there like, it just doesn't. And then when you can kind of calibrate to it and relax, like, you know, just relax into it and realize, Oh, okay. Like this is just a different way of being. This is a different, it's just a different way of life and it doesn't, it's like, there's certainly not anything missing. There's actually so much more to be uh, felt and understood and lived in, in these, you know, very, very peaceful moments and just like so much stillness. And, um, so it is, it's really not of, you know, a, uh, a void of anything. It's more, more so like an opportunity or a portal to really, like know yourself and know more truth about who you are and just know more truth about just the way that you feel. And, and I, I have, you know, kind of caught myself or, or, you know, kind of been a witness to a lot of the thoughts that I've had being up here um, in terms of like go-to things that I would do in my past that would help me get through, you know, feeling weird or feeling uncomfortable or whatever, just like, you know, different things that would alter my mood, like caffeine or just stuff like that. And, and being like, do I really need this? And just like kind of really analyzing my behaviors and saying like, does this serve me? 
And then like recognizing parts that feel hard, um, like not reaching for things that I would normally go, go to, to kind of fill a space or fill a void or uh, fill an absence of, you know, something else. So it certainly is an adjustment, but I feel like it's this massive opportunity to like really, like really tune into the parts of myself that I may not have been able to hear so, so much in, in other, you know, in other parts of my life. So just like things that I think that the things that matter most to me, like, you know, my values and just the, just the, my core values as a person will actually become more refined and more revealed to me the longer that I'm here. And the more, you know, the longer that I am true to like that pull that, that brought us here. So I'm excited. I'm so excited. I really am. Like, I, I feel like it's just a, a whole different version of me, of him, of us together that we haven't ever known before and that we kind of both have felt, you know, coming to the forefront for a while, but haven't really known what it is or how to have it or how to be it or, you know, and so just like kind of letting it unfold and letting go of con- like control in a lot of ways. That's huge for me. Like I always try to control things. It's just like habitual, you know, to yeah. be, if I'm not in control of something is like, well, then I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. And, um, <clears throat> being here helps with that a lot because I'm so far out of my element and it's like his family and it's, you know, it's where he's from. So there's a lot of things that I'm just like, I don't know. And so it actually helps me let go so much of the reins, um, where I, I've really gripped onto them in the past, like white knuckled them in the past, yeah. you know, and like <laughs> kept my, my body and my mind and my emotional state, like just in a, 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 a less open state. And now I feel like I can actually release a lot of things and, and enjoy that openness yeah. and more relaxed. I get, I get that fully because it's always, it's always the control aspect. Like that's, that's the thing that I'm working through right now is that like in my life, like there's always, there's been a bit like of uncertainty. And I think when people have that, that moments of uncertainty, they skip those little pockets of time because it's like, they don't see them. Right. And like, that's the thing that I struggle with. Like, even, even when we're like, but these moments, right. Like when I get to like record, these are like the moments of like clarity and peace for me, especially when I get to have conversations like these, where I actually get to like, think with someone who is on very much like a very vibrational state in the same way or thinks the same way, because it allows people, it allows myself to work out thoughts. So like I yeah. use, I use these podcasts very selfishly in a way, <laughs> but people just hear them and get, and get a lot of value from them. Like, like really, it's just like, I work out a lot of the questions that I have for people or a lot of like just figuring out someone's mind. Um, but I think when we have uncertainty, right, we don't have control. It just doesn't allow us to actually feel what we're feeling. And then like you mentioned, even in the beginning, that intensity of emotion really just starts to build and build and build and you feel everything like 10 times more to an extreme. So if you're feeling like, like for me feeling like of that uncertainty and that anxiety that comes with it typically because you don't have control, it just gets amplified over and over and over again. So like when we get into those moments where those are those intensity factors and you have to learn to control that intensity and learn to dial it down or also bring it up in moments. Like how do you how do you kind of go about 
doing that because I think it's like a crucial thing for most people because people don't truly know how to actually like control emotion. They just know how to feel mm-hmm. and let that feeling go over over time. Like they don't actually rein it in when it comes down to that. So you said this is the whole, you know, the whole topic of control. I think that every single person on this planet can relate to that. You know, this desire to control a circumstance um, or control an aspect of life that feels very dangerous or unknown, or like you're saying the word, you know, uncertain. Um, And like, that being so huge for me, like really realizing how much I have tried to grasp so tightly to certain aspects of life in my past and even in my current, you know, recognizing my, my habitual behaviors of doing that. I, I realize like what happens to my, my actual like state of being when I do that. And it's like, well, what am I, why am I trying to control the situation? Oh, because I feel afraid. I feel uncertain that I don't know you know, what is the out, the outcome is going to be. And that's actually true for anything. None of us ever know what the outcome of anything is going to be ever, ever, you know, but it's like in certain times that seem very uncertain and, and maybe it's like a new circumstance or a new part of your life, or I'll just, I'll just speak strictly from my own personal yep. experience. Like as me, um, when I notice myself doing that, I don't like my state of being. I'm not open to, um, like seeing beautiful things, you know, because I'm so focused on what I'm perceiving as a threat, what I'm, what I'm perceiving as a thing that's going to bring me uncertainty or bring me, you know, something that maybe doesn't feel good or whatever it is. And, and, but it's like, so I'm trying to control that. So I don't feel pain or discomfort, but in the act of trying to control it, I'm putting myself in pain and discomfort because I'm like trying to control the outcome. So It just takes a lot of awareness in moments like that and a lot of practice to say like, okay, is this serving me? And, you know, in my heart, I know it's not. And it's it's not a way of being that I like because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good physiologically, emotionally, mentally, um, physically. And so in those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really trying to control the situation. I'm really trying to control the outcome. And I do know based on experience, I just know that like I can't control it. And when I try to control it, I end up making things worse for myself. So um, something really, really profound that has given me a lot of clarity and comfort and certainty in moments is realizing that you can control a situation by surrendering. And like it doesn't, and it, and it also helps you redefine what control means because when you surrender, you're, you're, not only is it like a, a, a mental choice, like a, a mindset, it's also uh, an emotional choice, it's a physiological choice. It's a spiritual choice um, to say, I, I understand that I can't control circumstances outside of me, but I know that I can control how I react, how I show up, my state of being, my breath, my, you know, the, the tension in my body, my posture, the way that I, that a way that I'm speaking, you know, allowing myself to, to tap into flow, to, to feel uh, good. Um, and that's really where the sweet spot is. It's just, just, it's about awareness. You know, it's, it's, it's truly about like noticing when you go over that edge of like, Oh, I'm trying to control so much. And then pulling yourself back and saying, well, I know that doesn't serve me. Why am I trying to control it? Oh, because I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in discomfort. Well, shit, I'm in pain and discomfort right now by trying to control it. So when I surrender, I really am controlling the situation in a different way, in a, in a more profound way. 
in a, in a, in a deeper way. Um, and also I, I like took a note on it cause I didn't want to forget, but like, you know, kind of in the same, uh, breath, you're talking about control and, you know, w- moments where you find yourself doing that are situations and scenarios where you do that. And then also talking about what this podcast is for you. And I think that is so dope to talk about those two things in the same breath because you can recognize, oh, I I can see these things that I do. I can see these moments where I am gripping something so tightly that, you know, it doesn't really serve me and I I don't necessarily want to be that way. So I'm working on it. Um, But but when I get to be on my podcast, I, I work through these things. I get to understand myself better. I get to understand the person I'm talking to better. And it's like, when you find something, what that means to me is like, when you find something that like just lights you up and that feels, feels like you're in purpose and everything you're doing is on purpose and it's for purpose, um, you know, to serve yourself, to serve others, it truly is an act that can align you and cleanse you and bring you back to a state of being that is in a, just alignment with who you truly are. So it's a, it's kind of like your everythingness, you know, like, here's the things I don't really love. Here's things I'm working on, but I have this, and this is what helps me sink into who I am. So it helps me tap into alignment. So it helps me, you know, vibrate at the resonance that I want to be vibrating on and, and, um, you know, vibing with people that have a similar resonance. And I know for me after, you know, doing something that I truly love, or I feel like is part of my calling, I always feel cleansed afterwards. I always feel lighter. I always feel aligned. I always feel like, oh, yes. You know, it's like yeah. that. It's like you're needing it and then you get it and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And it reminds you. It just reminds you and it strengthens you. And it, 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 it really does realign you to that greater vision. And so I think it's just so cool to talk about kind of two almost like opposite ends of like, uh, you know, an emotional spectrum in, in one way. It's cool. Yeah, because it, it automatically shifts, right? It does no one justice, especially because most of the time I'm not recording myself, right? So it's not me just recording. It's me and you or it's, or it's myself and the guest, right? Um, and so I think why it feels that way and why it feels like you're when I'm in alignment or while I'm able to work out things is probably just because you have to be so present, right? <laughs> like you have to be so present in what is happening now. You can't actually, you can't really be thinking, oh, what's going to happen in the future or what's happening in the past, right? Because these aren't conversations where I have questions dialed up or things dialed up, right? It's a go with the flow type thing. So if I'm not actually present, I'm skipping out on being able to respond to you and us having a conversation back and forth. So I think that's why it kind of feels that way because I always feel energized whenever I get off one of these. It's like yeah. once I'm once I'm done recording, I'm like, let me go run through a brick wall, brick wall real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Just like yes. have that type of energy, and I think, and and I think even when you get that anxiety, I know you said it today, like on one of your one of your stories. It's like people should dive more into that feeling, right? And yeah. and do you mean when when you say dive into it more? Is, is it kind of like what we were talking about where you dive into as to why it's giving you that or that it's actually, like I said, like it's kind of like excitatory or like fear and these things like you should be diving into those, right? Because you need to have that moment of like, okay, I am feeling this way, but now why am I feeling this way? Or what is triggering this to feel this way? Because I think that's how people need to move 
right? They don't ever figure out why these things are being triggering because they don't spend enough time like with themselves to actually do yeah. it. I think that's what a lot of people um, or myself, like for the past seven years for a while is I've always been an extrovert. So I always struggle in my sense um, or with me is actually being with myself. And I think a lot mm. of people struggle with just being with themselves um, because I'm a giver. So I like to give to everyone else. But, but when it comes down to giving with myself, I'm like, oh, shit, I have a lot of shit going on. Nice. I'm like, and you don't yeah. really, you don't really realize it until you're by yourself and you have no one to really like fix per se or nothing to really kind of give you give to other than you. Right. So I yeah. think that's where a lot of people's anxiety actually kind of comes from or a lot of things where mine yeah. comes from is I'm like, oh, my world might actually be crashing down around me. And you're like, I have a lot of things to deal with. And then you come to that conclusion of like, where do I even start? Right. So yeah, I think spending time with yourself is like so crucial, but learning to be okay with it and learning to yeah. actually enjoy that time with yourself is a necessary part to healing, especially when it comes down to trauma. Um, that yeah. yeah, I, I mean, no matter who you are or like where you are on a, a, your a, a self exploration or you know a self understanding journey, w whether you're just starting or you're you know very far along and you've gotten to know yourself, wherever you are, um, you know anybody can get anxiety and anxiety anxiety or or any type of elevated emotion or or um, I guess state of being is difficult to manage because it's not ideal and it feels uncomfortable and you're not at your um your most optimal state you really can't access the higher perceptual centers in your brain you really can't access you know the your your the, the true gifts that you have and the, the gift that you are um because there's something happening and um i i used to not i used to not understand i used to like oh i don't understand what anxiety is i don't really i've, I've never had it and then um, maybe like 10 years ago, I had a, a panic attack and that was like kind of my first understanding or kind of realization. I was like, oh man, this is kind of serious. And, uh, then I really struggled with anxiety for, uh, quite some time and just really intrusive thoughts and not really being able to stop thinking and to stop all of these thoughts that, that didn't feel good. And that, you know, that would create dread and fear and, um, you know, all these uncomfortable emotions and, I started to understand that anxiety or any, any emotion that's parallel to that or, or any state of being that, that feels like anxiety is an indicator. It's indicating something to you. Like something is off, you know, something is off in your alignment. Something is off in your emotional body and your, your mental body. And it just something is off. And I think that when you have anxiety and you're not aware of it or you're um maybe afraid of understanding it you run from it you know you try to find things that will soothe it or distract you from you know the root or the basis of the anxiety and that's what i did for so long i just i would try to numb it with drugs and alcohol and relationships and television and just like you know anything that i could to drown out 
just the the thoughts and and the the feelings that I didn't understand and 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 the it just I just didn't feel good and the more that I started or the, you know the more that I ran the more that I realized that like the things weren't going away they were actually stacking stacking yeah. stacking stacking and it was kind of like I was like you know lit a match you know dr- poured gasoline everywhere I was behind me and like lit a match <laughs> and just like kept walking like that's really what it felt like for so long that I was doing and it was really hard to come to terms with that and. And, and I think the hardest part of coming to terms with that was having to actually realize all of the people that I had hurt or, um, wronged or, uh, whatever in that path and, and the number one person being myself and really not knowing how to make amends with that. And that actually caused a little bit more anxiety in a, in a different way of like, oh my gosh, and how am I going to rectify all these past parts of my life where I've hurt myself and I've hurt others and I've caused pain and I've done things I'm not proud of. And I've, and I've, you know, created this identity for myself and it all started to feel very, very overwhelming. So in, in the first kind of the first stages of trying to understand my anxiety by, by just not running from it, it almost seemed like it got worse. Like it got worse before yeah. it got better because I was like, really what you're saying is like, Oh my gosh, there's so much here. There are so many aspects to myself that I have not made peace with, that I have not acknowledged, that I have not processed, that I haven't um, made peace with, essentially. And so I think that, I, I mean, I really love starting out this conversation talking about peace, talking about being in a place that feels really, really peaceful because whatever you believe in your life, whatever you believe in terms of like how you view the world and, you know, whatever your beliefs are spiritually or, you know, what happens in the afterlife or, you know, what is the source of us or anything, um, whatever you believe, you it, it's really hard to deny that your reality um, reflects to you what you have going on on the inside. And so you can be in, like, if I was in, in this place in Northern Ohio, right on Lake Erie five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to tap into the the resonance of peace here because mm-hmm. I had so much going on in my mind and I had so much going on in my heart and so much going on in my body and and so much dis dysregulation in so many moments of things that would trigger me and things you know things that were very traumatic for me that I just didn't understand I didn't know how to process at that uh, in those moments I I just would not have been able to tap into the peace here I would have found chaos in my, you know, because it would have existed in my mind and my heart and, and my being. So the, the journey of making amends with yourself is a really long, arduous process, you know, and it never really ends. It never really ends, yeah. but it does get easier and it gets easier because the more that you make amends with, you know, your past self and the person you were and, and the things that you may have done or said, or the people that you may have hurt, the more that you make amends with each version of you that has existed, it's just the more that you start to embody the lessons, like the, what the, tr- the truth of those experiences were for you and like what it really showed you about who you want to be and who you are and who you don't want to be and, and what you're allowed to let go of and, and what you're allowed to keep. And, and, and the reminder that like, you know, there's so many times where, you know, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because I would think about things that had happened in my life or things that were currently happening in my life that I just felt yep. like I didn't understand or didn't have control. And I, and it would just like drive me nuts. And I just wouldn't sleep. And it would just be this cascade process of like, just not feeling good, not, you know, not taking care of myself. And, and it happened enough times to, to say like, okay, you know, to be able to recognize a pattern and to be like, okay, I just like, it's, 
at some point there's a, there's like a tipping point. The more that I look at this stuff, the more that I tap into, you know, what is causing this anxiety? What is causing this fear? What is causing discomfort? Even though it feels very scary to do that, the more that I do it, the more that I understand myself and the more momentum that I have in terms of being the person that I want to be and not feeling that way anymore. Um, and I remember a lot of times where, so like whenever I first kind of had, had, had an awakening in terms of what's possible in life and you know, that life didn't have to be the way it was for so long. I was in my early 30, I was probably 31, 32. And I was, I had, had, um, gone to a, a medical facility to a medical detox facility three times for drugs and alcohol. Um, and in a, in a, maybe a two year span, it was after my, my first marriage and divorce. And I had gone through three stints of that. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh, I had, and I was like, I know I can't do that again. I know I, I'm, I'm literally killing myself with like just the, the, you know, poisonous alcohol and and the substances and stuff that I was trying to numb all of these things with. And I knew I didn't want to do that anymore, but I didn't, I just didn't know. And so I just knew there was something, I knew there was something more and I knew there was something out of alignment with the way I was living. I just didn't know where to start looking for answers. And my friend, um, she's like one of my best friends, her name is Jody. She sent me uh, she had an awakening or kind of around the same time, maybe like a year or so before. And she sent me yep. this book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And I read it. I read like maybe half of it or a third of it initially. And then I just stopped reading it. Um, I was at a point where I like literally couldn't sit down for very long to read because I had so many thoughts. I had so many intrusive thoughts. I just like wouldn't allow me to focus. I couldn't retain information. I was like barely running my business at the time. And it was just so, 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 so difficult. And then I I kept getting to these like, these moments where I'm like, I can't keep going on like this. Like there has to be something else. It has to be something else. And so I think I like downloaded the audio version of that book, like the power of now. And I listened to it all the way through. And then I probably between the audio book and actually reading it, I've probably read that book cover to cover a hundred times. <laughs> and I've gotten multiple copies of that and have given it to people like stranger, you know, like a Uber driver. And I'm like, you need this book, you know, cause it was like, I didn't know how to speak this language yet. I didn't know how to really like, I didn't know how to, I was like, not that person I was, but I wasn't yet the, the person that I felt like I was becoming. And I was like in this between phase and I was like, this book has helped me so much and I, I don't really have formulation for it yet, but like this would help you. And like, that's, it was like kind of this universal thing because I'm like, it, it, it gave me so much what I thought then. It, and it was peace to me. It gave me so much peace based on what I had been experiencing, which is just nonstop thoughts about like, you know, the person that I was and, and that I wasn't going to amount to the, the, the things that I wanted to do in life. And, you know, that when I, my time in WWE in my early twenties, that was going to be, you know, the pinnacle of my career. And I would never do anything greater than that. And just like all these things, all these doubts, all these insecurities, all this shit. And, um, that was what really like cracked my mind open to, like starting to understand the nature of my anxiety and my thoughts and the things that would keep me up at night, the things that caused me to drink and do drugs and, you know, act like a shitty friend and a shitty partner. And so, um, and then, you know, I would get relief and breaks in between. And the more that I 
understood and the more insight I would get and the more that I kind of unlocked myself and, and understood more about myself, the, the easier it did get until it got to another part where I was like really letting go of a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you know, everything would start to scream really loud again. Mm -hmm. And then, and it was time to, to break through to another part of myself. And then I started to understand that it's a never ending process. You're just always becoming something greater than you are now. So it's like there's always this really big growth process and then a shedding process and then this newness and then, you know, like you're stepping into a new version of yourself. It's just like it's, it's a, it's a cycle over and over and over and you're just continually evolving. And so I was looking at it in like a very linear way. Like, when am I yeah. going to get through this? Yeah. When am I going to be over with this? How, when does it end? How does it stop? What is on the other side? And I just, I started to kind of calibrate to the understanding that it never stops. And it gave me this different level of awareness and this different level of, um, I guess, consciousness, like conscious awareness to say like, oh, I'm not, it's not linear. I'm not so far from the finish line because there is no finish line. So I might as well start enjoying my life because the more that I work on myself and the more that I understand myself, the more that I do get to enjoy my life, the more that I understand that like I am a lot like life is actually good. Life can be so good. It doesn't have to be all this shit that it's always been and all these problems that I've always had and all this pain that I've always felt. It's part of it 100%. And is, it is the reason I am who I am. And I know that I'll still experience a lot of pain in my life. I know I'll experience a lot of huge growth moments, um, you know, whether it's through pain, loss, heartbreak, whatever it is, you know, the great love and losing that love, whatever it is, I know that I'm going to experience those things. But the more that I understand who I am and like what they're, what, what I am at my core that I, I know that I can face anything and I could go through anything. And it just took so many cycles of like breaking through to a new version of myself before I started to understand that. Like, it's just how you, it's just life. It's just, that's how you live. You, you, you're, you're who you are. And then you realize there's something greater. There's something more, there's something better. And then you work towards that and you achieve it. And then there's something it's like, you never reach your potential. Yeah. And I love I love when Grant talks about that because he, he gets really passionate about that because, you know, I don't know his internal world. I would never know his internal world, just like nobody knows mine. But I could imagine that it's very it has been a similar journey and realizing like, oh, my gosh, it's perpetual. You know, it's always, always happening. And like, you'll never reach your potential. So it's like when you make peace with that um, and you and you make and you form a different relationship with your potential, it becomes so much more full of possibility. Yes. And, um, yeah. And like, that's what I feel on the energetic level when Grant speaks about that. Cause like, it's just, it, the, the more that you accomplish, the more that you realize that there's so much more to accomplish. I, to bring it back, just to go over a few things. Like when, when you talk about anxiety and people get hit with it, what I think it breeds is what you got was kind of like a lot of resentment for what happened before. And I think a lot of people get stuck on that. They don't get past it and they don't truly heal because they get stuck in that like resentment phase where they can't come to terms with what happened previously. And that yeah. it's actually what happened to work them to where they got to now to get to that breakthrough point. Right. And that's how you kind of get over that resentment that comes along with the anxiety because I was doing the same thing. Like I just went through kind of my own kind of like shadow work in may with a friend and i literally got done my shadow work right when i had my right when i had my podcast with grant 
So Grant got me like um, right when I got done finishing all like releasing all these traumas, releasing like all my 17 year old self when all my stuff happened with like severely bullying and everything like that. Um, so he got me like the pinnacle and you're getting me like right in the middle of my, of my, like, I need to get over this hump <laughs> and into the next, yeah. into the next version of myself. Um, because like, well, and I'll admit it because I, because I've been talking about it with some people. It's just like, I've been going through these anxieties and a lot of uncertainties lately with things. And I'm like, and the reason being is like, I'm being triggered by an event going through things I don't have control over. And it's just like, I just got to take it and take it as like, I'm not doing something in my life. That's giving me a ton of, that's giving me a ton of value anymore. And I'll be real with people. It's to, it's actually like my full-time job. So it's like, so yeah. like in those things, like when you start to come into those, like I think people recognize that one of the big things with it is people struggle to see that it could be something as big as a job or it could be something as past trauma and they don't want to recognize it because they want to continue on because things give them, and this is where I'm struggling with where things give them like stability, right. Or things mm -hmm. give them like that, that sense of comfort. Whereas if you really get those feelings and you follow those feelings, it's going to put you in a very uncomfortable situation. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's what I've been thinking about. And it's like, and it's like two months away at this point. And I'm like, okay, let's think of all the situations that's going to happen now. So like, <laughs> yeah. that's where, like, that's where I've been at in terms of things. And I'm like, Hmm, this just makes sense that like, I'm going through another, another cycle in the moment and going through, and going through even more change and having to come to terms with more things. And it's like, it's like when you're 25 and like you've worked your ass off to get to a certain spot, you're like, oh, this is really interesting to be in this spot. You're like, you never would have thought you'd be here at 25. And I'm like, ah, nice. So it's like, yeah. So like I'm going through that literally like that second part to elevate again because you can literally feel and like I myself have that awareness now over where I was at that pinnacle. And when I'm disconnected now yeah, and it's just like yeah. having to come to terms with what's actually disconnecting you. Like that's the big yeah. thing. So like that was the big thing in the first awake in the first kind of work I did for myself was actually letting go of all the trauma and like letting my old self like go and, um, and be at peace. I think what ends up happening for a lot of people is they don't let them old selves go. Right. They get to that yeah. like resentment phase and but they don't go. It was OK. It's like you're in a different yeah. spot now. Like these things worked out for you. You're here. You can kind of like trust me and you can move forward. And so it's yeah. it's that, too. And then like people just don't follow their intuition. Right. Because they don't think yeah. intuition because intuition's not guided by logic intuition right. just guided by what your gut tells you and what like your energy tells you which is a yeah. very strange thing for a lot of people to follow because they don't actually understand it right and that's where you were kind of like where it's like i can't fully con conceptualize this or give you a logical reason as to what i'm about to do and why i'm doing it but i'm doing it anyway and it and it normally pays off for a lot of people yeah. it's just whether or not and in the end of life, you have to think, 
in the final in the final analysis, and this is what Jordan Peters Jordan Peterson says in something. He goes, the only person that really knows in the final analysis is your God or whoever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's who you could possibly be given if you followed everything that you were supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. The only way you'll yes. know that is when you reach the end of your life. But you yeah. don't. But that's the purpose of life is to kind of like follow those and understand whatever choice you make will always be a little bit different. There will always be a part of you that will be off. And that's okay. Yeah. because That's like the whole purpose of life is to learn, grow and develop and change who you are. It's not just yeah. always, we're not always going to follow our gut feelings or follow our intuitions or follow everything because some people think too logically to do that or think too safe. Right. And yeah, and like that's where I've gotten to with my like awakening and where I'm at now in things. And what I'm going through now is I have to come to terms with a lot of things over where do I go? And it's just like, that's where it's a lot of uncertainty for the first time in a long time, like in my life. Yes. And so for a lot of people, it's like, a, it's really an eye opener yeah. for them in yeah. terms of that. And they don't know how to actually handle that and move forward. So two things that it makes me think of, and this is actually super prevalent for a lot of uh, our clients right now, the the people that Grant and I work with. Um, number one is 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 the idea of letting go. You know, is there we have we're working with a couple people right now um, that are mid to late twenties that are you know they're really stepping into this. This just new, totally elevated new version of themselves, and they don't really feel it yet, but it's happening, and they're afraid, and and there there there's so many moments where, um, and this is really why, you know, we love what we do, and it's so fulfilling on so many different levels, but it's so fulfilling in moments where we really it's it's that it's uh it's a moment it's like a where a moment can become a portal to just. Real, like true, true transformation and alchemy in terms of the way things can feel. Um, like, so we have some clients that have a belief that they don't know what it means to let go, that they don't know what it means to let a version of themselves go. And, and, you know, what you're like, what you're saying is like, that's a very logical process. That's a very, that's a, that's a, a logical way of looking at something. And of course that feels, um, safer and normal, like more standard <laughs> to, to say, yep. well, let me, let me think about this. Let me, let me, let me get logical about this. But when it comes to letting go, letting go in my experience is a very spiritual um, yes. process, very spiritual, very emotional, very energetic. Um, and it's a deeply committed process. So, you know, you can have a moment of realization, a moment of insight, a breakthrough. You're like, man, I'm, I'm ready to let go of this past version of myself. And for an example, maybe this past version of myself reacts to things in a way that doesn't feel congruent with who I am. Uh, maybe uh, is quick to anger, is someone that holds resentment towards myself and others, uh, is someone who um, routinely uh, chooses to see the negative versus the positive in situations. And, you know, there comes a point where you're like, man, I don't want to be that anymore because I understand that it doesn't serve me now. I'm sure that it served me in different aspects of my life and that's why it exists. Um, And so whenever you have that realization, that moment of like, man, I really would love to let this version of myself go because it doesn't serve my life now and doesn't serve my relationships, doesn't serve my career, my purpose is, you know, my, every, every part of me doesn't serve anymore. So it's like, 
the commitment in that moment and then remembering remembering your commitment and it almost like a grant says this a lot but it's like a sober mind decision where you're like i know that when the when i'm experiencing the behaviors of this past version of myself i'm not going to want to let go of those behaviors because it's so habitual i'm not going to want to let go of that anger i'm not going to want to let go of that thought pattern or that way of thinking or that way of viewing the world but um so so in those moments, you can say that in a sober mind when you're not activating your nervous system isn't, isn't, you know, activated into those, those yep. elevated states of being. But when you are in those moments and you have the awareness, like you've curated enough awareness, you practice being present, you practice, um, the, the idea of being aware, being a witness of your own thoughts, of your own behaviors, of your own reactions and your emotions, you start to understand that you can actually let go by just not choosing to hold on to, you might get triggered. You might have anger. You might have those same thoughts that you don't want to be having. But the way to let go of it is to simply acknowledge that it's happening and it's something that you've already chosen that doesn't serve you anymore. So you've made that commitment in your mind and so your body has to catch up. So your body is just a record of everything that you've ever felt, everything that you've ever done, everything that has been a habitual behavior. And so it takes so much willingness, willpower, commitment, um, and, and desire to let go of of that version of you in those moments and allow yourself to uh change your physiology you know move around whatever whatever your tools are physiologically and movement is the number one thing that can change your physiological state especially when you're in a state that you don't want to be in so it's like as soon as you can acknowledge that you're you're angered and it doesn't fit the scenario and you don't want to be that person anymore you can this is what grant and i do you know we'll we'll put our arms up you know, uh, so exposing like our vital organs, our, our heart, our stomach, you know, doing this, it shows the body, it literally communicates to the body that you're safe, it can help, it can help regulate your nervous system. And then we move, we shake, we, we, we move our body to help move and process that emotion that we don't want to be experiencing that moment and that we realize doesn't serve us. Um, and it takes so much practice, but that is literally the process of letting go of a past version of yourself because you can make the decision um, and then it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It's going to continue to happen until you change, until you continually change the habitual behavior. The mother of learning is repetition. So it's like, it's, it, it's almost disheartening at first talking about it and saying like, oh, well, I've made this decision to let go of this version of myself, but it's going to keep happening. Even though I decided I don't want to be this person anymore, you know, it's like a little disheartening. And then it's like, but then it becomes empowering to realize like that you do have a choice in every moment. It's just going to feel difficult. It's just going to feel like the last thing that you want to do is unclench your fists and unclench your jaw and let your belly relax and let yourself (laughs) actually be aware of what's happening and allow your, allow you, the true version of you, your heart, your soul to actually choose the behavior and the state that you want to have. And it's not going to work every single time you will get, there will be moments that you'll get super triggered and you'll feel like that past version of yourself that holds a lot of anger, holds a lot of resentment or speaks a certain way or acts a certain way. But it's like the more that you practice being the witness of what's happening in your own body, in your own mind, your own emotions, the more that you realize you have the choice and you have the choice every single time. So and then like once that kind of becomes more concrete or more of um, a knowing with people in terms of like our clients that are experiencing this, then the next part is is saying, okay, well, I understand that I can choose in a moment to let go of who I've been, but how do I choose 
also in the present moment to become the person I want to become because I don't know what that looks like. I've, if I've never been that person, how do I know how to act as if I'm that person? How do I know how to act that person into existence? And this is true for me. This is true for Grant. This is true for every single person on this planet. Nobody has a, nobody has a map. Nobody has a map to take them to their dreams. The only map that exists is in your heart. And it's based on what you truly desire for your life. And there is no other blueprint and there's no other map. So it's like when you realize that on a deep, deep, deep level and you can feel that as an understanding and a truth and a knowing, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can articulate. It doesn't matter if your family supports it. Doesn't, it just doesn't matter because it's an understanding that's just for you. And, and you know, in the first moments of trying to follow your heart as a guide, it feels confusing because there's all these other emotions that happen. There's all these other yep. things that, that happen. But at the end of the day, the more time that you spend with yourself alone in contemplation or meditation or walking or whatever you, whatever it, you do to put yourself in a state that allows you to tap into who you truly are, the more, the more that you understand how to read that map, the more that you understand how to follow that map. And it's not through, you know, a certain formulation. It's just by a present awareness, a present understanding, a, a, a knowing. And it's like, oh, this is the next thing because I feel it. I understand. And then, and then taking that action that puts you in the position to fulfill that, that desire, that emotion in your heart. And the more that you actually allow yourself to daydream and play and use your imagination, the more that you are creating an energetic resiliency in your body to hold the resonance of the life that you want. So it's like this emotional signature that you can create by allowing your mind to just your imagination to run wild. And that doesn't feel safe for a lot of people because our mind is constantly saying, well, well, I got to think about this. I got to be focused on this. I got to be working on this. I got to be doing this, 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 this. I don't have time to imagine. I don't have time to daydream. I don't have time to for child's play. But when you do that, you're literally putting your body in a state to recognize the emotional, the emotional state that you would like to live in all the time. And it's like, so it's like you're training your body every time you allow yourself to play in your vision of, of playing your dreams, uh, play in the, what, you know, the, what you want for your life the more that it brings it into your reality, the more that your reality will reflect that because you're bringing those emotions alive in your body. And so it's like this, it's always, it's all such a dance. It's yep. all a dance. It's all such an ebb and flow because even when you understand that, like just on a, a very deep level in your own being, you still have days that feel impossible. You still have moments that you're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? And then you regress to like the insecure thoughts that you have about yourself or your inability or in, your incompetency or whatever it is. And then, and then you'll have a good day and you feel more alive. And you're like, Oh yeah, I, I need, let, what are the things I need to do to make me feel more aligned to the person that I, I know I'm becoming? Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, you remind yourself, yep. you remind yourself, but there's there, there will never stop being moments that throw you off. And then you have to, you have to come back to, so like you're saying, like you're, and you're getting over this big hump and you're just unsure. And what does this mean? And what does this mean? And how, you know, how will I do it? And what will it look like? It's like the more that you allow yourself just to come back to like, come back home to yourself and ask yourself, what is true? What do I know is true? And that question has helped me through so many moments of deep, 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 like existential uncertainty. You know, it was like, what do I know is true? I know the love 
that I have felt in my heart for my husband. I know that is true. I know the love that I have felt in my heart for myself. I know that is true. And, you know, like recognizing these like very profound moments in my life where it has shown me such a deep truth about who I am and what I actually want and what love feels like and what joy feels like, what happiness is. And like remembering those in my body and reminding myself like, um, you know, like a medicine. And it's like, oh yeah. And it just brings me back. It's like, everything's going to be fine. It's okay. Like, this is just this, this is the process. This is how it happens every time. That's really funny because my friend, I was writing out because I'm still doing some metaphysical work with my friend and, um, and we were going through this because I'm going through that kind of this hump. So we're kind of like working through it a little bit here. And I was pulling a card and I was reading it and she's, she responds to me the next day at my reading and she goes, so what I'm seeing is you're afraid of what is true. So literally like what you just Uh... said there, like kind of like hit. And I was like, oh, I was like. Yeah. And most people are afraid of what is true because what is true is not the path that they're on. Right. And that's what causes all these feelings. And that's what causes like the body to feel off. And you're not in that state of actual going all the way back to it. You're not in that actual state of peace because you continually kind of like ignore the sign over what is true. Right. And most people's and most people's what is true I think people get, oh, people get annoyed with that because they're like, oh, we'll take time to get to what the truth is, right? They will take time to get to the work that they need to do to actually go from where they are to where like they want to be, whether that is a job or career or whether that is like an activity and what they want to like dive into. Like, like even if it's like, hey, I want to learn the piano or what is true. Like, I want to, like, I want to learn how to play an instrument. Like, it's going to take time to become like really good at doing it. Right. Or if you want to change careers, right, you may have to go back to school and have to go do this and have to spend time and money and have to go and have to go through this process of doing it. But I'm finding that when it when it comes down to it, and this is why I help like my athletes see is that, you know, it's when you fully like come to terms with that and you put in that like, yes, it's going to take time. But during that process of time, you're going to start to feel more fulfilled and eventually you know, no matter how much time we get to, and this is why I like, like coaching a lot of like the younger 20 year olds here, because I get to see them actively like quit jobs or do these things. Like I even, like I've even seen my 57 year old client quit a job because she felt undervalued at the position that she felt at. And she's like, I'm starting a new job like next week. And I was like, oh, like that was a big shocker. But she's like, yeah, I was just saw a lot of things and it comes from not in, not directly myself some of my athletes give me credit with it, but I'm like, no, it's because you started to actually like take control and do those things for you. But it's just like, but most people, what gets in the way is sometimes that bridge over where they're at is too much is they feel is too much to overcome or too long, right? They think like three, four five years is too long to overcome something when they realize, you know, if you're, if you're my age, like mid twenties, you're like, well, that means five years from now, I'll be 30, 31. And I'm like, well, that means from 31 to the rest of the time, I won't feel miserable and suffering and living a life of resentment or living another day of resentment, right? By the time you get to 31, you can, you can change your career path. You can go down this different thing like, and you live the rest of your life until however long because when you live in fulfillment of that, you can work till you're like, if you really want to, you can work till like you're 80. Like you can do that and not feel like you're working a single day in your life. Right. So 
it's like when you start to choose those things and things go right, you do get that sense of peace. But most people, it's just that, that hump over, okay, the actions I have to take, the time that needs to be invested, the money that needs to be invested to do the things that I need to do. And I think also it comes down to circumstances too, as well. Like you got to think if people have families or they have like, they have children or things and they get caught in this cycle of, I have to provide, I have to do this and I can't, and I can't really put myself forth. Whereas that's why I'm so happy that I get these younger 20 year olds. Cause they're like, they're like, oh, I, I have no responsibilities outside of myself. So like, this is the time if you're going to truly like find yourself, like, that's why they say in your twenties, really like fuck around and find yourself and, and explore different things. Right. Because you have so much other time after your twenties to really kind of figure your shit out.
It's really funny. So whenever, so I go back to things like sometimes when, when I struggle and I, I actually like to record like a voice memo on my morning walk of like things I'm actually grateful for. And it will end up being every single time I've done it, it ends up being like a 25 minute voice memo. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, how the, how the heck do you get that long, bro? And you just start to like dig deeper and dig deeper into why you're feeling grateful for what the things you are feeling grateful for. And that's where it truly starts to connect, right? Because anybody can write, oh, I'm grateful for this, 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 and this, right? right? They can write like those five things that they're grateful for. And they, they normally start to repeat them after like a week, right? And they start to, and they start to just like knock off things or they're not, they're just very surface level. The part of that's receiving is when you start to get beyond that surface level and you start to dig into actually what are you truly grateful for? Or like, or things I tell my athletes, it's like a lot of people that struggle with, you know, how they view themselves or how they view like their progress or how they, or how they see things. I have them like look in the mirror and give themselves like three things, three to five things that they love about themselves. Like look in your face and tell, and tell yourself, what do you love about yourself? And they'll again, start very surface level. And then they're like, wow, this is getting really difficult. I'm like, good. It's supposed to get difficult because you're supposed to think about what you truly love about yourself. Because if you don't, if you can't find anything beyond just my eyes or my glasses or my, or like my smile, like you're not actually finding things that you love about you because those things, those things are just external, right? They're not actually internal and how you see you. So it always comes back to that because that's where you find alignment is how you see you and, and giving yourself like that self-love and giving yourself like that pride over where you were, like you talked about five years ago. Because most people, I always come back to this, where I saw myself five years ago, I'm exactly where I'm at now. Like where I said I would be five years from now, from then, I'm exactly where I'm at. And most people don't, and most people don't see that, right? Because they think that now is not enough for what is that. But then they don't realize, well, you've come from there and you've gotten here. Okay, so now you can look at, okay, where do you want to be five years from now? Now get there. And what are the steps, like, what were the steps that you took to get from where you said you wanted to be to got to now? And where do you want to be? And what are the steps to get to where you want to, where you want to be five years from now? Like, that's how people grow and develop is most people just don't look at the, hey, what are the steps that I need to do? And they're just like, why am I not there? <laughs> they're like, they're like, why am I not where I need to be? And it's because like, they don't take those times to kind of look back and, and do that. Like, I remember, I think Matthew McConaughey was talking on Joe Rogan's podcast and he talked about like journaling every day for like 36 years or something. Uh, no matter if he felt good or he felt like shit, right? Because he's like, at some point you're going to feel like shit and you're going to need to look back at, okay, what got you, what got you through the good moments? right? Like, how did you overcome this the last time? So now you have evidence to show that you can get through it. And that you have and you can pinpoint the exact thing that you were that you are struggling with now. And you can do it. But I think it also and then last point that I have, I think it also comes down to when you're following your true self, you have to find what ability or what skill are you good at? For, for some people, and 
this is myself like thinking about it because I know what I'm, I know what I'm best at. My best is understanding and connecting with people in any room. Literally, like I can go to a grocery store and I'll have a full blown conversation with the cash with the cashier. <laughs> like it's just like it's just like we somehow get to dogs and talking about weather and I'm or talking about like their dogs and like what type of dogs they have and about like and like then we get to on like three different topics and I'm like, how do we get this far in like five minutes? Like how? Um, but I just like I remember that being like really like the all shining over. Oh, I can connect literally with anyone. And like, that's what we're doing here. Like, I haven't met you, <laughs> right? Like, I haven't even, I've conversed with you over text to schedule this episode, but I haven't, but we haven't talked outside of that. And it's like, you had a little bit of knowledge probably from, from Grant <laughs> going into this. Um, but outside of that little bit of knowledge that Grant probably gave you, you've had nothing to go off of. So it's like, so this is where like, I recognize what I'm best at is like, okay, how do I make these into the most genuine conversations possible and making this person feel like it's not even a podcast, right? And that it's just a conversation between two humans to provide value to other people, if there is any, right? And it might, and sometimes episodes are just like, talk about random shit. Like, it's literally just like, okay, we're just going to talk about these topics and if people find value, they find value. But on other episodes, it's just like, we just started diving into things right away. And digging in and like allowing each other into our, into ourselves. So when people start to recognize what those abilities are, it starts to come out and it's so genuine and it's so, and it's so good feeling. Like that's why bringing it all the way back to the beginning. That's why I said, like, when I get to these moments, like, this is why podcasts make me feel refreshed and, and present and work things out because it, because I realize what my skill set can do. And most people don't have that. And most people don't have that opportunity to see what their true, true skill set is in life that they have that no one else has that they can apply because they're too busy with those, with the other responsibilities that they do have to really kind of experiment and see. And so I want more people to like realize that. And that's why I try to get out of my own athletes. Like even, even though I coach physique development and coach hormonal health and functional health, it's like, I try to get people to change. And like when you get them into that, into that to see what they're good at, that's where like their ultimate health really starts to kind of turn and like really improve.
<laughs> Same. Yeah, I, I this this conversation really helped me a lot. <laughs> this this really this really helped like this last like half hour of this conversation really helped a lot because not gonna lie, I will say I was in a very deep hole coming into this conversation. I was like how a lot of times the past like month I thought, how the heck am I gonna record these episodes and like be them? But once I'm in, it's like a 
it's like, okay, we're back. And it's like every, it's why I'm trying to like keep to myself to like record like three times a week. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can keep this up. I'm like, if I, if I string this along, right, I'll have just enough days to kind of take for myself, understand what I just had conversations on, but then I'm, I'm able to kind of get that up again. And it kind of just stays elevated and I stay elevated and I really don't have like, and I have a nicer come down rather than a, I record once a week and then like shoots back down. Right. And I don't record for like two weeks. So it's like, so these, so this conversation really helped because it's really funny because I was, I was struggling with seeing, with being stuck. I've literally been stuck for the last like few weeks here. So to finally kind of like break through in a way through this like conversation is really, really profound for me. Um, because I'm seeing like, even when you get athletes messages that say like your, your dedication, your, like the detail that you go into, it's like, we don't actually see that you are struggling. It's like, that's how much you show up in the way that you do show up is that we can't even tell that you're off. It's like, I can tell by the way I'm serving you, but you, but, but the way I serve you is so good that you don't actually see what's going on behind the scenes, which is, which is how it's supposed to be. Right. Um, but it's a nice, but it's a nice thing because I messaged an athlete today saying that exact same thing. I was like, you know, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to show up as I possibly can right now for everyone, for all you guys, because if I can't, if I can't show up like the way that I need to, like, it's just like, what, why am I even serving you in the first place? So like that line truly hit when you said, when you become committed to yourself, then you commit to helping those around you. And that's when those around you want to commit to you helping them. And, and so that's really, that was really profound for me. So um, before we end, I do have a question. Um, now the noble pursuit stands for the journey to become the best version of yourself possible because the most noble or honorable, honorable journey that anybody can take is to become who they, who they possibly could be the best version of themselves. Um, what is one thing that people should really do to become the best version of themselves? Yeah, no.
If money is not, if money or anything in the world does not matter, what do you want? That's the biggest thing because you will consistently find an excuse for why you can't have what you want. So for people out there, say this out loud over what you want and just take one step forward towards that. And once you, once you, once you find it, and if you don't know, you don't know, like she said, right? It's, it's okay. But once you find it, create a plan and take action on it because it's what your intuition is telling you. And when you start to follow that, like we've mentioned this whole time, no matter how long the journey takes, it's the process within that that you'll find a lot of fulfillment. And then once you get to the end of that initial phase of relearning or re-having to go through things or having to challenge yourself in a different way or invest in a different way you'll get to the next step where you can actually fulfill the promise that you've wanted to over what you wanted. And you will be so much more purposeful in how you move and so much more intentful with how you move that life will just become so much more enjoyable rather than having to suffer because someone told you you had to do something or that you had to choose this path and stick to it. You don't have to stick to anything right? Especially to the younger audience, if you're listening, right? If you're my age or younger, you don't have to stick to anything. You have plenty of time to do it. So just go and you might not have the money and things like that, but you'll find a way and you'll figure it out. Um, that's why I tell everyone is no matter what, you will figure it out. Mm, that's just rely on the good people around you. They'll get you to where you need to get to. And yeah. So, uh, well, I, I just wanted to say this to end this because I'm just a big fan of the WWE. So I, I've been a big fan of the WWE since I've been like a, since I've been like six years old. So it's like phenomenal to have like a former WWE wrestler like on my on my podcast. So like I'm just fanboying for a quick second before we end this. Um, but where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or or where they can find your content, where they can find anything that you guys do? 
um, your kind of time to shine to shout anything out. I'll put everything in the show notes. Awesome. Well, if you guys did enjoy this episode, Celeste and I would definitely uh, appreciate it. If you guys could share this on your Instagram story, share this podcast with a friend. There's there's definitely someone that you know that probably could hear this or is that is in the sticky situation, maybe that I'm even in right now where I was a bit stuck and kind of working through things. So if you have a friend that may be stuck, tell them to come listen to this and then tell them to go reach out to them because they're good, they're good at what they do. Uh, uh, so share that on your Instagram story. If you guys want to support the podcast, you guys can go use code SPADA at morphogennutrition.com for all for 10% off all products. Um, go subscribe to Spotify. Go subscribe to the YouTube. If you guys want to continue just to watch us and continue to see more face-to-face content there. Uh, but yeah, we thank you guys. And thank you for taking one step forward on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself possible. I'll catch you guys on the next episode.